This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With 10 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hello and welcome to another episode of Financially Tuned Radio. I'm your host, Mike Mansfield. I'm a certified financial planner with the Lind Group right here in the middle of Ventura, California. This week, we've got a pretty straightforward show. We're going to be talking about the saving some money, saving savings goals kind of stuff. Can't do this, uh, certainly without my good friend, my co-host here, Tony Shore. Tony, thanks for joining us. Also, um, I think once we get through the first break here, we're going to have a special guest. So we won't reveal who the special guest is. Just know that they are an economic uh, investment pro of all kinds. You are going to be so enthused and so impressed. So, but first and foremost, how you doing, Tony? Well, I'm doing great and I'm excited about finding out who this super secret amazing special guest is i know you've you've told me all you've told me is it's a real treat so uh listeners i think this is going to be fantastic but uh yeah we're going to keep that a secret for now we have a special guest on the show today and mike i can't wait to find out who you've got for us on the show today good good Uh, good good. but i've been great Uh, the last week i've just been busy with my family Uh, my wife and kids are keeping me crazy busy uh, trying to get things done uh, around the house and uh, kids going back to school and sports and uh, just uh, one thing after another, yard work, you know the drill. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> what I'm up to. But every week, uh, the highlight of my week is doing the show with you because I always learn something from you, Mike, number one. And I know I always say this, but I, it's true. Uh, every Thanks week I learn something new and we always have fun. So uh, that's the key. And I know our listeners have been responding really well. You've been getting a lot of phone calls, setting up a lot of meetings because they have questions about financial planning and need some help in that area. We all need help in that area. So I'm good. But how about you? How's everything at the Lynn Group? And Michael, how are you doing? Oh, good. This is, you know, tis the busy time of year. The kids are back to school. So that, you know, kind of makes things that much busier. Uh, just trying to get caught up back into the normal kiddo routine. We've had a big influx. We've been very busy with our social security workshop that we did a week or two ago. So that brings in a lot of new people. Everyone's curious about maximizing social security. Actually, to that theme, we are having a new workshop in September because this one was so successful. I'm sitting here trying to talk slowly just for a second so I can pull up my calendar to see what dates they are. <laughs> sure. So I'm going and I to know keep that, saying uh, how great. <laughs> I know it's complimentary, the, uh, these uh-huh. workshops and seminars. There's no cost or obligation, and they're super educational and fun. You get to, to be with some like-minded people, and you learn a lot. And I think it's great that you do this to help educate uh, all of us here in the community. Yeah, you know, and it's so true. Uh, even even a couple of weeks ago, with our with our August Social Security workshops, I had two or three, we'll say, semi berating phone calls of people essentially accusing me of kind of that bait and switch. Hey, I I see you're a financial planner. Obviously, you're just trying to sell me something at a workshop. And I and I actually said, actually, no, that's not true. Um, 
you know, I'd have to offer you a steak dinner to try to sell you something maybe. But the, the idea here is these are a hundred percent educational. It's a hundred percent social security. We don't talk about the market. We don't talk about investments. We don't talk about anything else except giving you social security information. And it was so gratifying, you know, last, last week when they were, you know, after the Wednesday night and the Thursday night, because a lot of people came up to me afterwards and said, this is the best workshop I've been to. This was the most information I've ever seen. Thank you for making this so valuable and informative. I got so much out of it. And so just reinforce that I realize there's a stigma out there because let's be fair. A lot of the people in my business are out there just trying to sell stuff at, at quote unquote workshops. This is really a workshop. It's really about social security. It's really about all the ins and outs. We talk about using the calculators and setting up your My Social Security account and how to understand your social security statement. We talk about all the different spousal strategies and ex-spouse strategies and widow benefits. We help you understand everything that you don't know about social security. And let's be fair, if you're listening to this radio show, for many of you, you're in that age group and Statistically, I learn this all the time at the workshops because I ask very basic questions. Nobody has a very strong, in-depth understanding of Social Security. And that's scary because it's the core asset class you're going to use in your retirement income planning for most of you. You got to figure it out. My workshop is powerful. It really does help people out. So yeah. if you missed it, if you were skeptical of it, whatever it was, it looks like we're doing it again in September. We've got it on the books here on September 20th and 21st so that's just kind of the the pre throw that out there thing and we'll talk about it as we get a little closer yeah i think that sounds great and i've been to the social security uh maximization workshop and it's true social security uh, maybe not quite to the extent but it's complicated like our tax code system social security sure there's so many different calculations and ways to maximize it that people often don't know about there's spousal benefits and uh, benefits for widows, divorced, and different ways you can file different times that give you different amounts. And for everybody's, and everybody's situation I know is unique. So you're going to help them f be able to figure that out for themselves, what the best time would be to file and what some strategies are that might apply to them. And I know you have a social security maximization report you can run for people. So that's excellent. Uh, and yeah, it's not a it's not a sales thing. Now, many people that come, I know that a lot of people that come to these uh, choose to work with you and become clients because uh, they see how you can help them. But you're not pitching that at all at these meetings. It's purely educational. So Social Security is so important for people who are headed for retirement, who are, you know, they're going to quit their working years. That paycheck is going to stop from their company. And so they're going to need an income to live on. Now, um, what else do you want to talk about today? What, what else do we need to well, cover? Obviously, we want to make sure <laughs> we're going to hit our savings goals and maximizing Social Security is one way we do that, right? Well, yeah, there's a lot to that. You know, last week we were talking about rumors and, and talking about some of the things that perhaps hold people back from accomplishing their retirement plans and their overall goals in life. And one of those things is saving money. You know, oh, I, I don't make enough money. I can't afford to save money. And, you know, all these things that we hear that my situation doesn't allow me to do that and hit my goals and whatnot. And, you know, as I was thinking about that over the week and perhaps anybody that was listening to our show last week, just based on me saying that, we'll, we'll now be able to guess who our, our special guest economist <laughs> is, but, um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but in any case, I, I came across an article this week that just kind of made me think about that stuff. And it, and it was titled on CNBC it was titled how long $1 million will last in retirement. 
And what it does is it has um, go banking rates compared how long a million dollars in savings would last in each state throughout people's retirement. And they went through all the states and and organized them. And then the, the emphasis of the article really focuses on, you know, what are the best five states and what are the worst five states to try to stretch a million bucks in retirement? Interesting. I mean, I would imagine, though, Michael, sorry to interrupt, but I would imagine how long it lasts. It depends on how much pizza I eat. <laughs> how much I spend at, at all you can eat pizza buffets, right? Yeah, you know, and that, and that's the relativeness <laughs> to this too. Is everybody's situation is unique. If you're sure. putting away pizza and the next guy's putting away hot dogs, whatever it is, we might spend differently than the projections that go banking rates use, but this is supposed to be a universal theme of really assessing and understanding really the the cost of lifestyle, the cost of sure. of living, all that type of stuff. And it was interesting because now, a million dollars isn't the goal. We talked about that last week. It's not about some all, end all be all, here's your magic number, but at least this is a good template to understand the simplicity of why we need to be saving money one way or another. So, all right, Tony, you got, uh, I don't know, if you got 50, 60 states to choose from, which one do you think is the best one to retire in to stretch your money the longest? Well, I, I know that they say sometimes the states with the lowest cost of living obviously, and the best uh, benefits for seniors, a combination of those two things. So I would imagine, you know, uh, not to put any state down, but some of the poor states where cost of living is low um, Mm -hmm. might be in the South, like Arkansas or Mississippi or Georgia. (laughs) Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Oh, I'm laughing. I mean, are you you reading my notes? No. Nope. So the top state in the country in order to stretch a million bucks in retirement is Mississippi. Right. With just over 26 years that a million dollars would last. Well, the reason Number I was two, able to guess that is because the cost, everybody knows, I mean, let's see, yeah. the cost of living, where would it be the highest? I'm going to guess New York or California or Florida, or would it be the lowest? I'm going to go for the states yeah. that are at the bottom of, you know, as far as uh, wages and things, and that's got to be Arkansas and Mississippi, right? You did good. Number two, Arkansas, Ah. just over 25 years. (laughs) Awesome. You're you're really my golden star today. This is good. The, um, you know, if it goes on from there, though, you got Oklahoma and Michigan and Tennessee is kind of 25 years that a million dollars would last typically through the the retirement phase. Mm -hmm. Now, you put that in perspective. It's all about life expectancy, right? If you retired at 70, hey, you know, that million dollars would probably last you the better part of your life. But at the same time, what if you're one of these lucky folks to retire at, you know, 59 or 60? Even if the money could last 25 or 26 years, you still might be teasing the idea with that million dollars of playing the I'm going broke game. So those are things to consider is, is age is relative to projections on cash flows and things of that nature. Um, so that's interesting. And you know, this, this is not a template. This is not an idea that we all need to just pack our bags and get the heck out of California and I'll go to Mississippi. You're going to run up the cost there. So we don't want to do that. Um, but you know what, let's take a break real quick. And then when we come back, we'll talk about the, the five worst States. I think that's a more interesting conversation than the five best. Yeah, probably. but Hey, we're talking a lot lately. We've been talking about social security maximization. We've been talking about savings rates. How much do you have to have saved for retirement is really relative to your 
individual situation. How much is coming in from social security and pensions and other sources? How much are you spending? What's your income gap? Understanding those cash flows and mapping them out is an imperative way of making sure that you have some type of successful retirement income plan. That is exactly what we do here at the Lynn Group. If you give us a call, 805-500-7035, visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. We're located right here on the corner of Phil and Victoria, right across from the government center. We're easy to get to. We have lots of parking. But hey, give us a call, 805-500-7035. We are offering at no cost the social security maximization, the cash flow analysis for your retirement income plan, all of those core things that you need to be making some of these basic decisions. But once again, 805-500-7035, and we will be right back after this. Do you ever wish you had an owner's manual to help you address and plan for retirement? Well, now you do. The Wealth Puzzle, a fiduciary guides to proper retirement planning by Michael J. Mansfield from The Lynn Group. If you're like most of our clients, having access to a retirement roadmap could help ease the financial concerns and better prepare you for retirement. That is exactly why Michael decided to author his very own book. The Wealth Puzzle, a fiduciary's guide to proper retirement planning, will help give you the foundation you need for a successful retirement. Simply call 805-500-7035 or visit thelindgroup.com to receive your copy today. And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our host, the man with the plan, the amazing Michael Mansfield of the Lind Group is here, <laughs> our amazing host, and wow, great show so far. Now, you mentioned at the end of our last segment that you were going to go to the other end of the spectrum and say what five places are the worst uh, to live to stretch your money, where it will go the least for this. Yeah, so going back to the CNBC article of you know how long will a million dollars last in retirement in different states, it went through all the states, but it covered, you know, the, the five best and the five worst. Because remember, it might have low cost of living in Mississippi, but if you were to go to Hawaii, people pay 30% more for just household items in Hawaii than they do in other states. Wow. You go into Walmart, it costs you 30% more. Well, you know, it costs some money to get that stuff over to that island. Yeah. And so as you think about that, actually, Hawaii is the, the shortest place that your money will last. It says a million dollars in retirement in Hawaii will last less than 12 years. Oh, holy wow. guacamole. That's 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 <laughs> not even half of what it would do in Mississippi. Yeah, that's crazy. That's I've heard that that's it's incredible. really expensive in Hawaii. Well, number two biggest loser on the list, California, money lasting about yep. 16 years. Yep. So that's 10 years shorter than it would last in a, a lower cost of living state. I mean, that's impactful because 16 years. Let's think about that for a second. What if you retired at 60? Well, you'd outlive that million bucks. What if you retired at 65? What if you retired at 70? Even at 70, it's very likely you're going to outlive that million bucks. Yeah. You know, maybe if you retire at 85, you'll be okay. You know, but who wants to retire at 85? Oddly enough, and I thought this was very odd, number three was Alaska. And I wouldn't have thought of Alaska what? like that, but That's hey. That's weird. Yeah, who, there you go. And then New York and Massachusetts. But California is number two, and we live in California. We live in the number wow. two worst place to try to stretch our money wow. over a long period of time. Wow. I what think does it, this mean? Yeah, what does it mean? But, but before you tell us what it means, 
Uh, I think Alaska is probably in there because of the same reason as Hawaii. It's right. It's hard. To it's harder. It's it's isolated. Get the goods. It's isolated, yeah. so things cost more there. I would imagine. I know, but it's just funny because you don't think of Alaska no, like that. No, you don't think of it, it being expensive. You think of Hawaii being expensive because everybody wants oh, to sure. live there and the demand. But anyway, yeah, I mean, California is. Uh, yeah, it's you're going to need more money there. But uh, why is this important? Well, the the point is as we were talking about last week is if you're not meeting your goals, if you're not saving the money because you don't make enough money and you don't have the right, you know, environment to be able to save and do these things and meet these goals, you're setting yourself up for failure in the long haul. And remember this conversation gets significantly more compounded. The older you are, we've always heard the younger you are start saving now and it'll be a lot easier. But if you're 60 and wanting to retire and you don't have the money saved, that's very tough. If you're 55, it's tough. If you're 50, it stinks. And you know, as you as you get younger and younger and younger, it gets easier and easier and easier. The problem is is you have to be motivated. You have to be concerned by these things. Do we think that the cost of goods over time, Tony, is going up or going down? Well, they're going up. Yeah, they're probably going up. I mean, at this point, taxes are probably going up down the road. Everything's going to be more expensive, and yet we seem to fail to be able to get over these humps of savings and goals. So you know what? Let's bring in our um, our super affluent, intelligent economist guest speaker. This is my eight-year-old daughter, Kate. Kate, why don't you say hi? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hi. So Kate is a unique person. Wow. And Tony, you can say hi to her. Yeah. Hi, Kate. How are you doing today? Good. Excellent. Excellent. This is pretty cool that we're, we've got such a great special guest on the radio, and you know a lot about uh, savings, uh, Michael's told me, so this is going to be good. Well, so Kate, Kate, you, uh, you just started third grade. How's school going? It's going good. It's fun to see my friends now. I missed them over the summer. Oh, that's good. Well, you know, that's what friends are for, and you're learning stuff. She goes over to Poinsettia Elementary, and we really like it there. She can read. She can do math. She can cut coupons out of the newspaper for my wife. She does. <laughs> she has nice. all kinds of amazing skills. The um, But anyways, the, the purpose of today, and the reason I wanted Kate to come on, is we kind of touched on this last week. So if I was to rewind in time, let's go back two Januaries ago to January of 2016. We were sitting around as a family, it's a January timeframe, and we were making basically New Year's resolutions. What were the things as a family that we were going to work on? And and my, I remember my wife and I, we were talking about a food budget and how much we wanted to spend and all these things. Because remember, without setting goals, it's hard to meet goals, right? So we set our goals and we talk about them. And we went around the table and I was talking to the kids about stuff. And and Kate, I asked Kate, I said, hey, Kate, do you have any goals for 2016? And Kate, what did you say to me? I said, I want to say, I want to save a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. And I remember thinking, what on earth are you talking about? Let's put this in perspective. A year and a half ago, Kate was barely six and a half years old. She's a little kid. Um, I never remember thinking about such large numbers as a little kid. The My perception of having a goal would be, hey, how can I make enough money to buy that toy at you know Target or something like that? So, Kate, how did you come up with $1,000? Mm, I don't know. I just wanted to save that much. 
<laughs> and that's good. That's awesome. You know, and that was impressive. I remember like feeling overwhelmed, like, whoa, uh, okay, wow, okay, we'll ri- we'll write that down on our resolution paper. We'll see how that goes. Now, Kate, let me um <clears throat> let me ask you some qualifying questions. Uh, let's think about this for a second. You're six and a half. Oh, you did you have a full time job? No. Oh, you didn't. You weren't bringing in a paycheck from work every month. No. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I know. You must have a trust fund that gives you money every month from your parents or grandparents. No. What? You need to talk to your parents about that. That'd be a cool deal. Um, let's think about this. Okay, what about um, an allowance? You must get a big monthly allowance. Nope. No. Well, okay. Now I'm just totally confused. How on planet Earth does a little girl without a trust fund, an inheritance, or a job, or an allowance, or anything, save $1,000? She has no income, people. That seems like a pretty insurmountable goal. Isn't that how all of our lives function? So, Kate, how did you, how did you get going on your goal? I took out the trash a lot, and I was always coming to my parents asking for little jobs I could do. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, actually. You'd come hit me up all the time and say, Dad, hey, you got anything I can do to make a few bucks off you? And, um, you know, and that, that served you well. You made a few dollars doing that. But what were some of the other things that you did? What were some of the big ticket items throughout the year? Um, we had the lemonade stand. Oh, you did a lemonade stand. How did you, how did you do a lemonade stand? Was that easy? Uh, no. <laughs> no, you had to hunt down some, some round yellow things, didn't you? Yeah. We went to... Our aunt's house in um in Ohio. In Ohio, yeah. yeah. And uh, she has these lemon. She has these lemon trees, and we would go pick a bunch of lemons. And then that day, we came home with like three giant bags of lemons. That's right. And I remember coming home from work and being tired, and you saying, "Hey, Dad, look at all my lemons. We're gonna have a lemonade stand this weekend. I need you to help me." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then you got. Yeah, I was excited. And then you got a uh, table and you made a bunch of signs, yeah. right? Right. And yeah. um, and then you went and set it up and I was kind of like your bouncer guarding you on the corner of the street and yeah. you were selling homemade lemonade. I mean, it was homemade. This wasn't the, the cheap stuff from the store. This was the good high quality stuff. Yeah. And you were selling that to cars passing by. And actually, I think you did that a couple times and you, you made a pretty good amount of money doing that. Yeah, we did. What else did you do? Did you do anything else to make some money? I also had a garage sale. Oh, and what'd you sell? Um, my, I sell some like Barbies and stuffed animals and some of our toys. Yeah, I think the the point I was making there was when you came to us and said you wanted to have a garage sale, you didn't initially ask us for any of our stuff. You said, hey, I'm going to have a garage sale and I'm going to start pulling out the stuff that I don't need and I'm going to sell my stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was impressive because you realized something. Saving money is important. You can always buy stuff later, right? Yeah, especially the $1,000, though. Yeah. <laughs> especially. Um, now, we supported you. I think we, we my, my wife was happy to, uh, to contribute to your garage sale pile. And we had a big garage sale, and we sold, some, sold a lot of stuff. And you got up at, like, 5 in the morning, and it yeah. was a long day, right? Mm-hmm. That's cool. So... You worked hard and you and you you accomplished that. So if we fast forward to the end of 2016, did you hit your goal? Yeah. You did. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. And actually, I think as of now, yeah, she she hit her thousand dollars by the end of the year, and I know it was real close. Um, I think if I recall, it might have been like a twenty dollar Christmas 
you know, gift card or, you know, something, some money gave her that, that rounded it out perfectly. So we were in the, we were in the home stretch. And I think as of now you have even more money saved. I think you're up to about $1,400. So that's impressive, you know, and it's, it's, what do you think, Tony? I think that's awesome. (laughs) I'm impressed, Kate. You did a great job and that's quite a goal. I mean, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of adults out there who set financial savings goals like that and, and don't hit them. But it sounds like you worked really hard and sacrificed to make that money and save it. Uh, what are you going to spend your money on? Mm, I don't know. You're gonna she's, s- she's more motivated on saving it. Now That's that she good. has it, she's she's learned another lesson. And she the lesson that she's learned that it took me a lot longer than eight to learn was that sometimes having more money feels better than spending it on stuff you don't need. Ah, there's um, the good lesson. Save that money, yeah. Kate. You know what? We're almost out of time for today's show, Mike. All right, well, we'll wrap it up here in a second. But a couple more thoughts, a couple more thoughts. One more thing, just uh, as, as giggles, Kate came to me through mid-year and said, hey, Dad, I have some money saved. What can we do in order to try to make it into more money? I took her down to the coin store, and we started buying little pieces of gold and silver. She also, inside of a little ledger book she has where she keeps track of her money, she keeps track of the price of gold and silver and sees how much her, her little mini investments go up and down. It's powerful. Look. The point of this conversation, the point of Kate being here today, and Kate, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you can come in the future, mm-hmm. is saving is not easy. Hitting goals is not easy. But when you're a six-year-old and you have no job and you have no trust fund and you have no allowance, what do you do? Because I can tell you something. Little kids have as busy schedules as adults. She goes to school all day. She has soccer practice. She has homework. She's as busy as me. And the stinker is she doesn't go to work and make money. So when it comes to making money, she has to think outside the box. And this should challenge all of us that as we think about our goals and being successful and getting to the next level and not being some AARP statistic of why we're poor and broke, We need to work hard. We need to think outside the box. Do you need to wash your neighbor's car? Do you need to sell something on eBay? Do you need to pick up a part-time job? Do you need to take your money and figure out a more lucrative way to invest it? You need to think about these things. This little girl is sitting here right now and she thinks about those things. That doesn't mean that's how all people are, but she should be an example to all of us to say, wow, There are some bigger themes in life that are very important. The article from CNBC Today really reinforces it. If you're going to be here in California, Ventura County is a very aged demographic these days. If you want to retire in California, I hope you're saving your pennies and I hope you're hitting your goals because it's going to become very challenged. It's very expensive to live here. So with that... As always, we li- we love our listeners. If you guys have questions about savings, about hitting retirement goals, about your social security maximization, all the things that we talk about on a weekly basis, give our office a call. 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. Visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-L, excuse me, L-Y-N-D. And, you know, and as always, we'll be back here the same time, same place next week to entertain you with some different stuff. And Kate, why don't you say bye to the radio world? Bye. There you go. And that's it for us this week. Thanks for listening to the Financially Tuned. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035. 
or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and The Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 